0: everyone and welcome to another episode of sleep paralysis news this is a brand new podcast where we're speaking to guests about their sleep paralysis experiences it's a platform where we want to really get the word out and get people talking about their sleep paralysis experiences that they have we want to kind of shake up any stigma that's attached get the conversation going about what it is and really share and support others, because the experience, as we know, can be quite difficult. So I'm Sheila Price-Brooks, and I'm joined with my co-host, Cyrus. Cyrus is a film director. He's working on his first major movie, um, which is all about sleep paralysis at the moment. And our guest here today is Lorelai, who's going to share her experiences with us. So without further ado, I'd like to go straight in and speak to you, Lorelai, about your experiences. So can you tell us? Are we talking about one or several?
1: Um, I've had several experiences. Um, the very f- I've had experiences since I was a small child, too. The very first sleep paralysis I can remember. I was so little, I must have been three or four, and I remember waking up in my bed, seeing everything, I felt, it felt like someone had sucked all of the oxygen out of the room, as well as some of the gravity, it felt like everything, and it was, there's extreme pressure on my body, and all of my toys and things started to float in the room, and I started to levitate too, and I started to scream for my parents and I noticed I could not open my mouth and I woke when I did sort of wake up I was my mouth was sealed shut and my cheeks were like this trying to scream that was my very first experience as a little baby and then I had um I've always had very vivid dreams and very vivid nightmares um the first, one of the first scariest experiences, I had a dream. I spoke with God when I was nine and it felt like all my flesh was melting away when that happened. And let's see, I wrote a few things down here. Um, and then at age 12 or 13, I used to wake up, I noticed at about that age that if I slept on my back, I would be more likely to have nightmares or sleep paralysis. Um, at that age, what it felt like I would wake up and it would feel like someone was pushing the middle of my back and I would wake up with my body, like in a back bend on the bed and I wouldn't be able to get out of it. It was like somebody was pushing me and I'm still dreaming and I can't move and I'm trying to wake up. I'm like, wake up, wake up. This hurts. It was an extreme stretch. And at the time I thought it was the devil. (laughs) but um in my family I didn't have much spiritual influence my parents were both atheists and very much just if you mentioned God around my dad he would just make a bunch of throat clearing noises and change the subject so (laughs) I, I didn't really have any like where is this coming from and all I was just gathering was just things I'd seen on television and stuff and I started to do a deeper spiritual delve as I got older and joined a church. And, um, let's see in my mid twenties, no, early twenties, I think I had the most experiences with the sleep paralysis. Um, in my mid twenties, I had, uh, started drinking really heavily and, um, you know, and it was happening a lot. And I think I was, I was trying to stay up. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to avoid sleep. A lot of times so that's been sort of a, a, a theme with me. i have just sort of, you know, I was trying to stay up all night and thinking maybe, well, I can drink this away. <laughs> it didn't work. I think it made it worse, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would, I would wake up And a lot of times it would feel like I'm being, like, electrocuted. I could feel, like, every nerve in my body was just going, and it would hurt. And I'd be sitting there, and things around the room would move or levitate, uh, or there'd be, like, dark shadows that look like they felt so... How you can feel a shadow is only in a dream, but it felt like a... It just felt like pure evil. Yeah. It felt bad. It yeah. felt like something that wasn't supposed to be. It felt like yes. alien, and foreign, something.
2: Weird. It's almost
1: like it's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. If that makes sense. um I'm sort of a science-minded person myself. I've got a degree in biology and a minor in chemistry from the University of Memphis, and one of my most interesting classes was neurobiology. And they, for a brief chapter, they introduced the theme of, they said it was a new branch of science, you're probably familiar, called neurotheology. And that was like, I love that little bit of class. That was the most interesting, favorite class. And they talked about something called the God Helmet. Have you ever heard of this? It's uh, something by Dr. Michael, uh, I don't know how to say his name, Persinger, maybe, but it was a helmet that he invented. It sends electro-somethings through the skull. You could probably (laughs) look the article up. I'm not very good with words, Um, but it would force people to have induced these spiritual experiences, even people who... who claim to be atheists through and through no spiritual anything they wear this and immediately have a spiritual experience and they found that a lot of these spiritual experiences are coming through the temporal lobe so this is exciting because and for you as a scientist too because you with this we now know where some of our spirituality is coming from in our brain and a lot of it's gone through the temporal lobe and we saw some of the brain scans with these lit up um there was also uh there's uh let's see uh genetic there was some study done with uh, genetic dna uh that uh is for it. there's like a i'm not saying this right but there's there's a gene that makes you more susceptible to believe in god and it's called the uh vascular monoamine transporter 2 and so this There's leads the pineal
2: to- gland as well the pineal gland has a lot to do with oh spirit.
1: yeah and, and and what this does is it raises your level of neurotransporters that are in your brain and a lot of times the the way I figure it, I'm, I'm a very spiritual person, and I'm also very sciencey, and so the way I figure it is that, um, let's see, I'm getting too excited, <laughs> okay, it's, it's that, I think the reason I have so many spiritual experiences, and, um, bizarre dream phenomenon that happens. I think my brain is just left on. More parts of it are just left on than a normal person. Perhaps that's due to genetics or some trauma uh, in early youth or uh, it's something in my environment. I'm not sure. Uh, Nobody in my family seems to have reported any dreams. In fact, usually when I talk about my dreams, My family are just like that's too much we don't want (laughs) to hear all that (laughs) we we don't want to hear all that
0: Lorelai so let me let me um I just want to go back a bit how often are you having these types of experiences now um
1: like I said, uh, my in my early 20s, that's when I had the most of them, and it would be like almost every night uh, at certain periods, and sometimes it would go a week or a month, and then I'd have them, usually back to back, it seemed like, and then in my 30s, I stayed really busy and overworked, I went back, that's when I went back to school, and it seemed like a, and I started to develop a more spiritual life, um, I joined a church, and it seemed like the experiences really tapered off all dream experiences I still had some there was still an occasional experience of two of a night terror where I woke up on my back but it would be brief it wasn't like I was trapped in it it wasn't that overwhelming fear it was just it was it happened so quick I didn't have time for all that it would be just be very okay I'm done um here recently, and now I'm in my early forties, um, I've, I've had some struggles with my church and my church family, and it's affected my spiritual life and it's affected my dream life as well. I've noticed lately, which is actually how I found you. Um, I had a, I had a night terror, I had a nightmare, night terror. Um, and it was so vivid and, The nightmare included the demons, if you call them that, uh, from my sleep paralysis. They were there, and they were hunting me. And they were, um, in the dream, we were on an airplane. And me and a group of people were being transported to a sort of uh, torture place. And... It was so oppressive and all I could think of was escape and how do I get out of here and possibly even bring help for these other people. And the warden of the place was the demon. It was the main demon. It was the one that sits on your chest and takes your air in the night terror. It's the one that lurks in the room and makes you feel sick inside here. And so I got on the internet and that's how I found you. I started, I thought, is there any new science right now about this because I don't know who to talk to nobody else I know experience these weird things
0: so I'm glad I found you I'm glad too um so have you seen anything have you seen that demon before in your when you're sleeping or mm-hmm. is it just a sense of sense of it being around and if you've seen it what does it look like Um, usually the, the sense comes before the visual.
1: In fact, I want to think my brain comes up with the visual to paint this feeling I've got. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, I've seen it and it's just, it's just dark and you almost can't look at it. It's just so you want to, you see it and you want to just turn your head, close your eyes. You just go, Well, I never can look at it. It's just so dark and large. And when I was a child, I used to see it um, as I was trying to fall asleep in my room. It would cover the doorway. I'd leave the door open. I never liked to have it shut because I thought it'd be shut in with it. But it would it was just like a shadow and it would cover it up. And I don't know. My mom says you got an imagination. Yeah, that's your, your dream and you're dreaming. Has <laughs> it ever touched you? Um, not. Wait, no. Yes, yes. Uh, when I used to wake up with it in my back, it was it. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was like twelve or thirteen, um, I had another god dream, and I wake. Okay, I don't know when I'm awake and when I'm asleep for this part, so I'll just kind of guess at it as we go. Okay, so I'm, I've am i gone to sleep for the night. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm, like, thirsty. i got to go to the bath. I'm, I'm going to get up and do a midnight, you know. I, I kind of I get on my knees and kind of edge towards the edge of the bed, and all of a sudden I see sort of, like, smoke drifting through the room. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm thinking, oh, I've got st- – stuff in my eyes, I'm rubbing my eyes, and it just makes it worse, there's more, more smoke, and then I feel myself, I feel like a spirit in the room, and I look at this spirit, and it's, it's, well, first, it's, it's, it's so bright, it's, it's whiter than white, it's so white that there's rainbows in it, And like like real, real bright snow, if you've ever seen it in Memphis, we don't get too much. But um, it. And I just felt overwhelmed and I started to faint or pass out and I felt all my breath leave me and I'm like, ooh. and then in the back of my mind, I thought, well, God doesn't if that's God, if that's an angel, he doesn't hurt his people. He always protects his people. So that can't be. And I'll just trust God to take care of me as I'm falling head first off the bed. And then I feel myself caught by something. And then I'm, my whole body' slammed into the ceiling. I'm lifted and slammed into the ceiling, and my whole body is just like, "ow, ow. And it happens a few times and then I'm thrown back into the bed. And then that thumb comes up and pushes from my back. And that's where I wake up again, paralyzed, still dreaming. I can't get out of this position, I wake up and it's still sort of, it's not time to get up yet. It's still like, I don't know if I was going to guess, maybe 3 or 4 a.m. Um, I, I think we had to wake up at 6 back then. So, so I, you know, once I wake up, I'm covered in sweat. I'm shaking. I'm paralyzed with fear. I don't even know if I should try to get out of the bed again or and get my mom, if I should just stay in. And I, I, I ended up just shaking with fear in my bed <laughs> up. I, know, I was only 12 when that happened
0: oh, when these things happen do you feel like it's a real experience it does feel real and in you fact I have a hard
1: time just like drawing one am I a sleeper
0: am I awake yeah yeah and earlier you said that you uh are quite scientific and so mm-hmm. do you think that it's and and i know you said that you think that your your brain is on all the time that's how you kind of make sense of it but is it a spiritual engagement or is it something neurological what what do you think i think of it i think it's very much both i think yes. that
1: we have a very studied in biology and a very studied in the bible and i think mm. we very much need to consider both we uh, we try to... It's difficult to study these two things because they run parallel to each other and they rarely cross. So how can you study with science something... Like science is the study of the natural world. Spirituality is the study of the supernatural world. But yet they affect each other. We obviously have correlations for those of us who notice both. There's, and to me... You think about what is life, the big question in biology, biologists will think that viruses are not quite alive, is what they say, but they're made of amino acids, RNA. Some of them even have DNA, but they're, they're not alive. Could this be because that they don't have the spiritual breath of life in them? but they are just the pieces, I think that for creation to happen, for life, for us to even exist, we've got to have a physical component, our amino acids, our DNA, our RNA, all of our microscopic bits and pieces, we've got to have that, but in order for us to have a conscience, for us to have a spiritual being, for us to even exist here today, the spiritual and the physical had to have touched at some point, for us to even have this conversation
0: Okay, Okay. so and so do you think then that the perhaps let's talk about the entity that you see that's spiritual that's a spiritual entity Mm -hmm. is that what you think? Um, yes, Hmm. I do think
1: it's a spiritual entity, okay, and I think it can manifest in a dream. Because that is something that's non-tangible for us. That's the inner part of our spirit. That's that little DNA gene that lets us have that experience in our temporal lobe. In a way, we make it up. But it's real. Just as real as I can feel and have an emotion.
0: It's as real as an emotion is, I would think. Okay. And when last did you have your, when was the last time you had an episode?
1: Well, that nightmare I had with that same demon, that was only a few nights ago. And this is a repeated one. This has been twice I've had this dream.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. I don't know if there's anything you'd like to ask Cyrus.
2: Um. Yeah, just, I guess one. And last so are you going through fear during these experiences and if you do feel fear does the nightmare get worse does the demon get more power from your fear oh you
1: yes that it they're absolutely fear-driven this creature is a manifestation of every fear i have in my soul and it mm-hmm. comes up and looks at me like a reflection like a negative of a photo and the bigger it's like fighting a mirror more you fear the more it grows the more yeah. you trust and love and care it shrinks
2: oh yeah the more you don't fear it it just grows off of your fear so if it realizes mm-hmm. you're not fearful then it dwindles down and absolutely
1: just,
2: but who can crazy. control
1: their emotions everyone has fear everyone's got to deal with fear Even as a child, you experience fear for the first time and you have your nightmare, you have your night terrors as a child, it's your brain processing all of that fear. And it's a spiritual experience as well. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I feel like it's the subconscious mind who you cannot lie to coming alive and letting you know, Mm -hmm. know, like face me and your fears, you've been ignoring them, you know, Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. But that was the last question I had.
0: Okay. And just finally, is there anything that you're doing now to try and stop the kind of the episodes, the dreams and things happening?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, After studying a little bit of how your neurological system works, your toes are the furthest away from your brain. So if you find yourself having one of these night terrors, a lot of times if you focus wiggling your toes, you'll slowly start to feel them and the rest of your body will come awake. And it's a good distraction away from the fear if you think about your toes. So it does two things. It does a good psychological distraction and it physically helps you snap out of it if you want to get out of it, because a lot of times you do, it feels awful.
0: (laughs) Okay, and so that's what you're doing and that's working for you. It's worked quite well. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. And I think that's a a great point where we can end end the show, end the episode on a positive note. There, at least, there's a takeaway and something that experiences can do to help themselves. So, to listeners who are having sleep paralysis episodes, focus on your toes. Try and, <laughs> and wiggle the toe. It's the furthest part part of your body from your brain so try it and see if it works and i hope it does thank you for- i hope it helps somebody and thank you so much thank both of you okay you. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. all right then you take
2: care lorelei y'all too